coming in on three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Bruce Booze and Reviews. Yeah! I like this shot full of shit. That's about it. <laughs> was that was that recorded? <laughs> a sperm bag of sounders. Bananas kind of pissed me off. And the average for the beer that everybody loves is really high. I like getting shit on. It's not an episode if you didn't make something up. Tangerines are whores. Alright. Good for you. <laughs> I was like, you missed a step. Yeah. No, wait. <laughs> then we gotta go back. I'm always missing steps. Alright, welcome to another episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews, a childish podcast about adult beverages. I'm your host, Knox. With me today is Big Earn and some double sunglasses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm all dressed up for the vacation. And you're uh, going on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Yes, hopefully. You're leaving when? <laughs> Uh, when, well, we're actually leaving tomorrow, which is Monday to Miami. So you're just going to wear that until then? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> I haven't seen you for a week, so you don't know how long I've been wearing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to smell it later to That's see where it's That's not the at. cheese that smells. <laughs> and we also got Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, my best friend's ice cream. True and, story. Uh, and he's Chris. All right. Jesus, here we go. <laughs> well, all my jokes are written by a, a six-year-old. All right. No, there's this kid. There was this kid at the store the other day, and there's a a Honda H logo by where the kids can play, and he was just lounging in there, and he looks at his mom. And he goes, "I'm pretending to relax." <laughs> and then when we, huh? and then when we're gonna cash him out, he sits down in the sta- chair and looks directly at my service advisor and goes, "My best friend's ice cream," and it just reminded me of that kid on Spr- uh, Simpsons. I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah, so. this guy. <laughs> I'm in danger. So that's, yeah. So that's what it reminded me of. And it made me giggle uh, for like an hour. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we also brought with us, uh, again, returning Evan Christie from Bridgeview Liquor. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. Thank you. And we also have from Bear Creek Winery, Mr. Sean Ballinger. Glad to be here. I said that last but name right, right? You did. Ballinger. Yeah. Hard That's unusual, too. Most people <laughs> pronounce it wrong. Bollinger. Yeah. Bollinger. Bollinger. <laughs> Ballslinger. Yeah. Ballslinger. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the older right. you get, they do. We found old ballslinger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we found his finishing move. <laughs> and it's only two minutes into the podcast. That, All right. That's effective. We're efficient today. Yay. Yeah, we'll see how the rest of the day goes, though. All right, well, today is our third, well, actually, yeah, the fourth installment of barrels that whiskey can rest in. And uh, this is also our third fortifying wine episode, and today we're doing Madeira Wines. And uh, we have a couple wine experts here. Uh, Do you guys just want to give a I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Oh, and I'm probably talking about the other people here. I I don't know how much of this to pour. Uh, you know, not too much. I feel like it's I should fill bit. up my glass. <laughs> They're only 19%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's uh, a handful of great varieties that Madeira's made from. Um, the Tinta Negra Mole, the Circeal Verdalejo, uh, Bowl or Bual, and Malvasia or Malmsey. I actually heard Malmsey. I kind of giggled when I heard that. <laughs> and uh, like I said, there's Is four. That, uh, guitar player, Yingve Malmsey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. In order to Christ. play uh, guitar, you just douse yourself in Dracar Noir and <laughs> unbutton your shirt and shred. <laughs> or oil yourself up and play the saxophone. Oh, sexy. <laughs> you gotta uh, have some chains around your neck. Yeah. I love that movie. 
Cult classics. So there's uh, other the other fortified wines are Masala, Port, and Sherry, besides Madeira. I'm not sure we'll be able to get to Marsala for a bit. They're kind of a hard, hard wine to find. I think you only have one over at Bridgeview, correct? Uh Three, technically. Uh, the Florio, which is like a, a just a cooking brand, basically. You can drink it, but it's for cooking. I've only got one that I would call sipping quality. Um, Marsala is not as big as it used to be. It kind of went through a dip for a while. There's people starting to revive the style, but r- mostly the production is industrial for cooking. All right. and now- uh, I hear Chris drinks all the time when he cooks, so kind of dual purpose. Yep, that that's pretty much it. I make toast with a marsala. I actually used some co- cooking sherry when I made the uh, the beef tips today for lunch. Nice. It's pretty good. Used it as a reduction to get all that nice uh, caramelization of the bottom of the pan when I seared it. Anyways, uh, these wines are usually about eighteen to twenty percent, uh, usually, but uh, not all the time. So, what kind of processes, Evan, do these things go through that you can actually keep these wines and have them be open for a while and they don't spoil? Because you were saying the last week when we when we were over here that Madeira wines, there's nothing you can do to spoil them because everything you can do to spoil them. I has do been have done. one quick question. So, oh, sure. Keely and I were discussing uh, this on the way here. She asked what fortified wines were. I said I don't fucking know because uh, that's what the episode's about, me learning. And she goes, well, I bet cheesecloth is involved. So we're going to answer Keely's question at some point today, but I wanted to make sure we all know, keep your ears out for cheesecloth. Fortified wine <laughs> just means that at some point in the aging process, they add a, a, a distilled or neutral grape spirit to it to boost up the... Uh, so no cheesecloth. No cheesecloth. No cheese cloth. <laughs> yeah. Is it at least optional? Or uh, some sort of accessory? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just trying to help Keely out here. Wrap the bottle in cheesecloth. <laughs> you can wear it as a bib, baby, when you're drinking this stuff. There we go. All right. <laughs> so the two things that can really spoil a wine are oxygen and heat, correct? So yep. how you, is this stuff made? So in both, uh, Sean knows more on the on the production side. You, you're When you're making wine, you're protecting it from oxygen and heat. You're controlling those, right? I'm doing everything I can to keep oxygen... Out of my wine. Um, so I add um, argon and nitrogen gases that kind of sparge the wine of oxygen. Sparge! We haven't There's heard that a, for a while. There's a, been a while. BBR bingo or, fucking word. Or blanket. So argon's heavier than oxygen, so you just lay it on top of the... On top of the wine. A blanket it, or a cheesecloth? like a gas blanket. Perhaps. Really trying here for her. Yeah. <laughs> no cheesecloth. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so that's very common in, in production of table wine. Uh, but with Madeira in its production process, they are encouraging it to be exposed to heat through two different processes, either the cheaper one, uh, estufagem, which, which involves... Is just a lighter yeah. below. <laughs> just butane. <laughs> no, it's heated pipes running through the container with the wine in it, the the, the tank. Uh, or the classic and more expensive process, which is storing casks of the wine in a hot cellar, like literally in the rafters, so the sun is heating that room and heating up the wine. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. Is that, yeah, that's, that's how... the classic way. Mm-hmm. Throw uh, it in the attic and let, yep. it, let her get hot. Sounds cheaper. Yeah, right? <laughs> I feel like you just let it sit. Yeah. Well, it, that process takes a lot longer than doing the pipe thing. Yeah, the pipe thing takes like 90 minutes. Oh. The the 
uh, addicts take about four months, I believe. And also, it has to be in yep, uh, oak months. that whole time. Right. So that means you're using those barrels rather than a large neutral container. Usually a metal tank would be what you'd use for uh, estufagem. Uh so yeah, and it's also, they don't do any topping up or blanketing uh, the casks with oxygen to prevent them oxidizing. And this is also what spoils wine once it's open. If you have a bottle of red wine, you open it, you don't finish it, you set it on the counter. Three days later, you taste it and you go, Ugh, what is that? Uh, it's because the air that's in the bottle has reacted with the wine and it's going to turn it to uh, unpleasant flavors. Almost vinegary, right? Yeah, vinegar, acetic acid bacteria can get in there. The oxygen, uh, the main note you might taste is like wet basement. Um, is kind of a common thing. We know that. Another, yeah, we know that smell and taste yeah. pretty, pretty well right here. <laughs> Another yeah. one is um, kind of like a barnyard smell in red wine. It's called Britannomyces. It's a wild yeast that grows that needs oxygen to grow. Yep, and we are very familiar with those either. That's some of some of our favorite sour beers is yeah. made that way using On cool purpose. ships and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So and yeah, they let not. this happen in production and are encouraging positive versions of these flavors. So oxidation, when it's negative, what you get is, yeah, wet basement, you get uh, newspaper, these kind of things. When it's positive, you get nutty flavors. All right. So that's where the nuttiness of uh, these wines will come in. It's it's from allowing oxidation in a controlled, positive manner before the wine is finished, uh, rather than in an uncontrolled manner later. Yeah, some of the better Madeira wine reviews I've read are a lot of them say cashews, like a good mm -hmm. cashew nut. I do love a good nut. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, Sometimes you, you don't. feel like one. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. Seriously, That's it. we all saw that one coming. <laughs> so there was also this thing right here where the reason why that was is because uh, shippers would transport it from, um, from, from Portugal to other places. And these tropical voyages uh, had varying climates and exposure to the elements too. So, And uh, they found out that then when they went somewhere and then they had to bring the wine back. I remember reading this tale that... When they brought it all the way back and they were, they were going to dump it because, oh, it's going to be garbage. But then they figured it out that when they did that, it tasted way better. So I don't remember what king it was. Happy little accidents, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, we did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Science. It's it's one of the first marketing coups. Uh, the, the term was uh, vino da roda, which means wine of the round trip. So it's like a first marketing coup of, oh, crap, it's spoiled wine. Just call it. Wine of the round trip. And then it, it turns <laughs> right. out it's actually excellent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there are four kinds of Madeira wines. There's the dry or seco, uh, the medium dry or mayo seco or seco. Seco, oh, probably. Seco? Okay. Uh, the medium sweet, mayo doce, and the sweet or doce. And we have an example of all four of them today. Now, oh, uh, did you say there's five, though? Is there a fifth one? So there's five grapes. Okay. These are sweetness levels. You usually okay. won't see... Sweetness levels don't have to be put on the label. Okay. Um, it's just a, an easier term to communicate. There's four grapes uh, that go into single-label varietal Madeira, and then one grape that makes actually the bulk of Madeira. Yeah, um, these four right here, right? Yep. Uh, Tinto Negro Mole right. is the... That goes into your kind of bulk production, and then they make single varietal versions out of Cercial, uh, Verdelio, Bual, and Malvasia or okay. Malmsey. Is there like a standout star grape from Madeira? It kind of depends what style you're looking for. The four big ones there are kind of the, those are the ones that over the years have evolved in quality. There are a few other grapes that they use. Um, you'll sometimes see old bottles of uh, a grape that has a wonderful name, Bestardo. 
um, oh. that shows up. And there were other ones historically there. Uh, there, Tarantes. Thank you. You pull, uh, Ryan pulled up the nice. um, the other grape names. So it it is important to note. So this is it's a Portuguese wine, but it's in a Portuguese possession territory. So it's not on the mainland of Portugal. The Madeira Islands are actually off the coast of Africa. They were the Portuguese crown's first possessions in the colonial era. So, uh, you know, props to Prince Henry the Navigator. If you remember the start of your, like, Western exploration units in, in high school, Prince Henry the Navigator was the, the Portuguese leader who decided to send their ships exploring. And the first place they sailed was down the coast of Africa. And they settled on what they called the Madeira Islands. And that's where Madeira is produced. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, so they got dry styles of Madeira like Verdalejo, Serentes, and Cercial. Make a fantastic aperitif. Uh, we got some cheese here. We got all kinds of cheese here that we're going to enjoy with this while we sip on this. And usually they like to have these Madeira wines at 55 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit to maintain its fresh crispness. So just slightly colder than room temperature. All right. Um, yeah, and use a small port wine glass or another dessert wine glass. And Evan, you brought back these these wine glasses here. What are they called? Uh, these are Riedel. This is just their basic red wine glass. Uh, you can use a smaller glass, but again, when you're tasting stuff, I actually love a basic red wine tasting glass. Is usually does wonders for almost anything. Excellent. What's yeah, as we learned on that port episode, don't pour these into a Taiku glass. Correct. That that was a revelation. Yeah, that crazy. made it taste or smell like, what did she say, like kerosene or something? It was, it was uh, also very uh, sweaty foot. Yes. Uh, it was nasty. It's it was so weird. Good. All right, so this first one, guys, is from the Rare Wine Company Historic Series Madeira, their Charleston Circial Special Reserve, 19.5% ABV by volume. Okay, it so... Says, Okay, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry, Knox. Yeah. Okay, so this is the driest wine in their series and a wine that has been served throughout meals in America for nearly 300 years. Even Mario Batali won over a thousand plus guests at the 2009 New York Wine Experience by boldly pairing Charleston Cercial with the wild boar dish of Wolfgang Puck's creation. All right. Doesn't really say anything about, oh, it's like salted caramel without its sugar. And yeah, this, is good. this one's going to be nutty as well. So I noticed uh, Evan was swirling his glass kind of vigorously. Like a madman. Yeah. So he that's puts kind of a, the opposite of what we do with like bourbons, cycle. right? Yeah. You're not supposed to do that with bourbons anymore. I think Knox yells at us. You're just supposed to go back and forth yeah. lightly. But these, you, you kind of want to- Agitate. Rough them up a bit. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're yes. fat and lonely. Smell it both ways. Try it before you swirl it. And then the swirling is going to bring more chemicals- uh, to the, to the four, make them more aromatic so you can smell it more easily. So I noticed this, this is kind of like a, um, like a light burgundy, nutty color. Uh, I would say like a reddish caramel. Like if it was um, a cask style bourbon, right? The smell? At first I get like sugary plum or dates or raisins and then some of that nuttiness. I thought maybe yeah. almond, but then you said cashews. cashews. I'm like, yeah, I can get that. That's sweeter nut. Yep. It's my left one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. That gets a full oh, it, point. That right wasn't there. a question. I get yeah. some raisins as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The nutty descriptor definitely works. So to me, it leans towards a little bit of sugared pecan and almond uh, as the bigger kind of nutty notes. Yeah. That's a nice, bold nut aroma on it. 
And yeah, like like dates, raisins. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the flavor guys, what do you guys get? It's got a lot of body. I get like hazelnut at the end. It is, it is dry. It does have that dry finish. It's got a real sweet, um, but almost a, there's almost like a sour tartness to it as well, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Like a, a bright fruit, and then it kind of goes into that date prune thing. It's kind of a, a, a fig paste uh, mm. that has the, retains a little bit of that acidity. Like and the then Newton you get without that. the cake on it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely has high acid. Um, but mm-hmm. I also argue that it has a slight astringency in the finish. In the finish. It's like a, almost a bitterness. You can definitely tell this is 19%, 19.5% mm-hmm. on the finish, but you don't taste that initially and you don't smell it, so you don't really expect mm-hmm. it, which is nice. And the legs in the glass are great too. I kind of really enjoy this. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. It's a good sipper as I chug it. So it's a mixture of sweet and tart and that acidity, acidity, how do you, can't speak. Acidity. acidity. You're doing acidity. Great. There we go. You're doing great so far. Well, I can't wait to get this fucking mouth guard out of my mouth. Um, uh, football's over. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Super Bowl's tonight, buddy. Um, nope. Nope. Next nope. Sunday. Next, next week, I believe. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pro Bowl's probably tonight. Oh, okay. I'm a dumbass. That's all right. We um, knew it. That's know. a whole different <laughs> subject. I knew coming over here. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> You've been coming over here for three years now. <laughs> he knew it each time. Yep. Um... Ah, uh, yeah, I get a lot of like dates and stuff, and then some sort of hazelnut nuttiness. I do get that sourish kind of um, t- twang in there somewhere on the side of the tongue. Like I think Chris, meant, or no, was it Sean that mentioned some sort of souryish? Yeah, high acidity and acidity. even a slight astringency. Um, and then it does kind of dry your tongue out after about twenty yeah. seconds. Do you guys think the acid is too high, or do you think it's imbalance? For me, it's it's pretty balanced with the level of um, the kind of that sweet fruit note that starts it. It's a nice journey from sweeter to the acid, clearing it out at the end and leaving a clean finish. The the one thing I will say is I think this is a food wine rather than a wine that you just sit back and drink. I am just having it with a little bit of I think this is a Gouda. Uh, it works beautifully. Oh. A little bit of smokiness matching with the the nuttiness, um, I think is is really nice. So th- this is a wine I would serve with um, appetizers. It would, would work well with kind of a cheese and meat plate. Uh, probably work well with a pork roast. Uh, I think it 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 almost begs for food. Want to stab one of those for me too? Yeah, that works. So it says uh, Charleston Cercial celebrates the refined Madeiras, prized by. Early Charlestonians. Can we wait? Did I say that right? Charles, Charleston people? Charlestoners. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. With its nutty, tangy flavors and its relative dryness, it is a wonderful aperitif and superb with soups, cheese, and other foods. And this one does contain sulfites. Let's go to uh, the acidity question Why? again. Why would they put sulfites in that? I don't know. It says right there. <laughs> All wines have to carry that. Right. This, I'm saying yeah. why would they add sulfites to that? There's 20% mm. alcohol almost. Well... I don't, I don't think they really added it. I think they just might have. They just said they did. Yeah, they well, no, I mean that it, it yeah. so, kind of naturally comes up, doesn't it? Yeah, you have to put that in there. And I, I would not be surprised if you have higher sulfate levels, sulfite levels, excuse me, with uh, fortified wine. Would that be? Well, sulfites are a natural byproduct of fermentation, but it's like really low. It's like less than 10 parts per million. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, 
that's kind of interesting to me that they would add it. I mean, that's a total safeguard. Well, I think but, what what gets most people to buy things nowadays is uh, tr- complete total transparency and labels. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so I think just having that in there means that they didn't take any out. Contains sulfites. Yep. Yeah. You have to put that on the wine even if you don't add any. Mm-hmm. Um, you can... <laughs> You can put no detectable sulfites if you run it through certain tests. There, there's a lot of weird labeling stuff with that. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised though if there's a small sulfur addition to this, just to especially on the drier styles uh, to preserve that freshness. That wouldn't totally. surprise me. So back to acidity. Yes. Do you think it's too acidic, and what does that do to the wine? Do you think? I don't think it's too acidic, but I do think it's uh, zesty or high in acid. Okay. Um, I like think the the sweetness. Like he said earlier, the sweetness in the in the foreground at the beginning of the wine balances that acidity in the finish. Okay, I didn't know if you thought it was too acidic. Yeah, or... I think it flirts with it. Yeah, but it's but I I do think it's imbalanced. It's tickling the balls. Yeah, of too, mu- of too much acidity. Yeah, very very handsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots should... of nut and ball references in these wines yeah. today. So yeah, that's going to be know. the theme of the day, I think, guys. All right, well, balls this one, and nuts. This one is for the kids. Yep. That's, uh, Chris and I's tag team name. All Balls and nuts. nuts. Yeah. Nice. Hey, Sean, uh, since you're kind of an expert, why don't you start us out on the ratings of uh, zero through five in quarter increments? Give it a four. Four? Okay. I, How about you, Evan? I was thinking the exact same thing. Four is the perfect landing point for this wine. I, I like drier wines better uh, as well, so I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 4.25. Big urn. Four, and not because the people that know what they're talking about said it, but it's actually, I kind of enjoy it. Four, uh, and precisely because the experts said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> not that not that I'm that type of person, but I really have zero frame of reference on Madeira's. Zero. I don't know if this is a good version or a bad version of it. I do know I enjoyed it, so four's not out of the, not out of the reasoning for me, you know? I enjoyed it. So, All right. All right. All right. So the average for uh, rare wine companies, uh, Charleston, what, Cicereal? Cicereal. We'll go with cereal. Cereal. Cicerian. Uh, special reserve is... Is that a section of wine? <laughs> it's a it's birthing process. That's <laughs> a cross section. <laughs> it's when you don't open the top of the box, you take a knife and cut into the side. Or <laughs> <laughs> just sabering uh, off the top of the wine. 4.05 is the average. That's a good start out of five. Mm-hmm. I really like that. That's good. And that was the drier end. Yes. Cercial is the driest uh, style of Madeira in general. It's the grape that produces the least sugar usually. Do you know how sweet that style is allowed to be? The Cercial? Yeah. I don't have any numbers on that, I'm afraid. <laughs> All right. So this next one is from Broadbent. It's their Rainwater Medium Dry. Madeira. We like to believe the magic of the urban legend of how rainwater came to be. A shipment was left on the docks of Savannah, Georgia. The barrels absorbed the rain and created a diluted style. Whatever the truth, we love this style as an aperitif over ice or as an easy cocktail with tonic and a twists of lemon. Should be light toffee, citrus, and some acidity in this one. This uh, has a much funkier fla- uh, a nose to it. Here's all the tasting notes. I get less nut and maybe a little bit uh, more of that citrus. Well, first of all, the color is a lot lighter Much in color. It's almost... more of a bourbon color, a yellowish orange, on a, like a, maybe a light burnt sienna. 
extremely dehydrated pee. Yep. That's honestly what I was thinking too. It's it's time to see your doctor. Right. When, you, when you've been day drinking and you wake up the next day and you're like, oh fuck, and you take your first pee and it's pretty almost yellow, dark yellow brown. Oh, by the way, this is 19%, guys. It is. It's uh, 5.9 grams a liter of mm-hmm. acidity. If that means anything to you, Sean. It does. Yeah. Oh, you don't give a fuck if it means anything to me, huh? No. It doesn't. We know more. Well, yeah, I knew it wouldn't, so why would I... I need some wait. glasses. Does this say 76 grams per liter on sugar? sugar? Yeah. Yeah, okay. this, is, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's, yeah <laughs> this is a sweeter style. No, it's great. Um, yeah, a lot. I get less like there. raisins on this one than the last one. Um, it's it's brighter in almost every way. There's some uh, lemon peel, orange peel. I almost get like sour orange, like calamansi orange. Those like really tart orange, or like candy, like candy blood oranges. Sure, or like, not. It's not quite as rich as a blood orange. Um, I've had calamansi or mostly savory. in like Asian cooking. It's a really tart orange. Calamondins, so a calamansi. Okay. We have a calamondin tree. I'd imagine it's related. Uh, yeah, they're just little Kumquats. little oranges. You can eat the peel and stuff. Sure, but yeah, super tart. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Good I'm sure. related. So this one Thanks I think was only was 19.99, and the other broadband we have was 17.99 versus the two uh, from the rare wine. Company's historic series is like fifty five a piece. By the way, for price, price guys. Rainwater is it was created more recently. This is not a historic style. Um, Madeira is an old, old wine. Sixteen, seventeen hundreds is when it was invented. It was the premier wine that uh, around about the Revolutionary War in America. That was what people were drinking. That's actually what that rare wine uh, company historic series is based on. Is the popular styles in different areas of Revolutionary America. Um, the rainwater is a 20th century invention uh, to create basically a intro priced Madeira, perfectly suitable for cooking, cocktail mixing, and introducing people to the the, the wine. Do you guys get a little bit of chocolate? Yeah, on the flavor I do, not on the nose. I think this one's lighter in body than the last one, but yep. not in a bad way. Yeah. Less oily, I guess, or mm-hmm. less viscosity. Uh, so the notes here say a cocoa, grape, apple, and walnut. Definitely apple. I get apple and pear, like those simple yep. orchard fruits. I almost get like almost sweeter, like honey crisp apple off this one. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a sweeter, sweeter apple. Yeah. This also, uh, <clears throat> at least for me, kind of dries out a little quickly, quicker than I thought it would. A little bit at the end. I'd agree with that. Uh, this is pretty good, though. Not compared to the last one. I get right away like that raisin or dates, dark, I don't know, is that considered a stone fruit? Dark, no, not stone fruit. Dark fruit. Dried sure. fruit. Dried, dried fruit. fruit. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's kind of a semi-sweet, kind of does dry out at a little bit at the end, not as uh, much as the uh, last one's cereal. cereal. <laughs> it's, it's got that dehydrated fruit sweetness to it. I like this one too. It's kind of uh, those dried apricot is kind kind of a note I get to this. Like fruit leather, that kind of. It's interesting. This one doesn't have quite the acid that the Cercial has, but you almost notice it because there's more of a contrast between it starts sweeter with those richer fruit notes. And then the acid kind of hits you right after that. More like a cliff. Mm -hmm. You kind of, it drops. Hmm. My, uh, Actually makes my uh, lips tingle a little bit, or I'm having a seizure. 
Not sure. I don't think that's how you tell if you're having a seizure. No. No. Okay. We'll keep an eye on you, though. Thanks. I got places to be. So this one is definitely just a... Yeah, sweet! Um, compared to the last one? Compared to well, the Sounders. Yes, compared to the last one, but... I actually like this one a little bit better. I don't know if I do a whole increment better, but I do like this one a, a little bit better than the last one. I really... Um, I like the that bright citrus on this one, especially in the nose. Um, it goes... You know, down easier would be the way I would say it, even though it's, I'm probably wrong in saying that. I don't fucking know. But I like this one better. So I'm going to start this one out. I'm going to give this one a 4.25. Bigger. So circle it or something. Um, I'm just, <laughs> I'll put a little asterisk next to it and a footnote. Uh, also 4.25. Uh, I'm going to go 3.75. I don't like it as much. I like the first one better. Um, I'm going to go 3.75 as well. <laughs> Got it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is simpler, but I think it's actually really nice. I think the value bumps me up just a quarter point to 3.75. I'm going to be right in there as well. Turns out I am a wine expert. <laughs> I, do, I do think the last one was a little more complex. It was yeah. shocking, yeah. actually. Um, this one was beautifully drinkable, though. I oh, yeah. It, yeah, this, yeah. It's, it's yeah. way more accessible. Yeah. And it also, this is something I'd, I'd want for cocktails. I think you can make build some really fun stuff around it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I think the same, um, you know, it's more desserty though. Um, and anytime we get into those real sweet things, that's where I kind of get lost. It's, um, I like the complexity of that first one a little more. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I'm a wine expert. There we go. <laughs> Breaking fucking news, ladies and gentlemen. That happened 10 minutes ago. Dude, All can, right. Can you imagine? I'm like a fucking savant. Imagine how much of an expert he'll be at the end of this when he's mad more to drink. I think it's just going <laughs> to. <laughs> and I'm going to be super pompous about it. Excellent. All right, what do we got for an average big guy? Oh, so the average for the uh, broadbent uh, rainwater is 3.95. Excellent. Yeah, I can go with that. All right, let's take a quick advertising break, and we'll be right back with more Madeira Wines with Sean Ballinger from Bear Creek Winery and Evan Christie from Bridgeview Liquors. Emmy and the other guys. Those are quite delicious. Hey, neighbors. Knox here. And I want to tell you all about our sponsor, Bridgeview Liquor. Conveniently located at 935 37th Avenue South of Moorhead, just off of I-94, they are our favorite off-sale store in town. Why, may you ask? Mainly it's because they have the largest beer selection in the area. But they also have a wine section that is specially curated to provide the best wines at every price and for every occasion, with a special focus on smaller, independent wineries and European wines of all types. When it comes to service and staff knowledge, I think they are the best around. There have been more than a few times that I have asked questions, <laughs> some of them stupid, and they have the best answers. And more importantly, they don't make me feel like an idiot for asking. Three Saturdays out of the month, they also hold spirit classes teaching you all about that specific alcohol. Their classes are very informative and fun. We've been to more than one, and we plan on going to more in the future for sure. For more on these classes, head over to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash bridgeviewliquor, hover over their events tab, and you can pick and choose whichever topics you want to know more about. And for a minimal fee, you can enjoy a class or 10 as much as we have. One of my most favorite things also that Bridgeview does is post up their huge beer releases with a picture tagging all the breweries that they just got beer from so you can click on the brewery to find out more about them and the beers themselves. So head over to Facebook, 
find Bridgeview, like their page, and make sure to follow them to be notified of Bridgeview news. As an added bonus, when checking out at Bridgeview, if you mention the podcast Brews, Booze, and Reviews, you will receive 10% off your entire purchase. So head over to Bridgeview today for all your spirit purchases. We here at Brews, Booze, and Reviews want to thank our sponsors at FargoUnderground.com. Check them out if you want to know what's going on in Fargo-Moorhead and West Fargo. One of the coolest features that I love is the events tab under nightlife. You can find what's going on with live music, comedy, croaky, open mics, trivia. Bingo! Oh. You said 061, right? Hold your cards. We got a possible bingo in the corner. Yeah, yeah. And bingo. So anyway, for more information on what's going on in Fargo-Moorhead, check out FargoUnderground.com. Espresso colored. Yeah. It's like an espresso colored liqueur. Yeah. That's kind of neat. I like that. Again, Evan, I apologize for breaking one of your glasses when I was cleaning it. They are good glasses are breakable. Like that's a thing about them. The nicer the glass, the easier it breaks is the like sad thing about wine glasses. I'm pretty good at breaking the cheap ones too. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Nice. Well, welcome back from our ad break, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're moving on to our third out of four Madeira wines today. And this one is also from Broadbent. This actually could do two companies today. So Broadbent, this is their fine, rich, sweet. It says here, a Madeira that has aged on average three years, just as rainwater is, but with a fuller body and darker color. Rich flavor, nutty, and sweeter. So uh, what's the, how many sweetnesses is this? Um, 105. So asked after Ooh. Estufagem, what is that? Yep, Estufagem. Yeah. It's three months. Uh, ages in oak casks and blended with wines matured in casks for more than three years. So this is 5.5 grams a liter. Wow, look at that sugar. Holy fuck. 105 yeah, grams a liter. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I got a port that high. So, so this is 19% ABV. I'm so, so yeah, this is very much by a, the acid. That's really low. 5.5 grams per liter. That's like what you would expect a Chardonnay to be. Really? Yeah. That's pretty low for this? Well, I'm saying I tasted acid in the last two. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that was 5.7 in the last yeah, one, wasn't it? That's still low. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Yeah, the color is definitely more uh, like a darker raisin. Um, a nut brown ale. With a, yeah, with a, with a burgundy hint to it. It looks like a, basically like a yellow bastardized version of a, a, a Cabernet or something, or like a chillable red with a little bit yellow tint to it. <clears throat> uh, the legs aren't as present in the glass. Well, get your legs out of the glass. Yeah, that's not how you drink. <laughs> that's how you bathe. Have you ever seen Mork and Mindy? Yep. Like a picture? Yeah. Yeah. How he drinks. Oh, I've never seen him oh, drink. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's not your feet, but same. Mm-hmm. Drinks with his finger. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, sweet nutmeg raisins or uh, the nougat part of the, the pie that so, sometimes it's like, duh, this smells like. 
Grapefruit. There's a little bit of grapefruit. They you would often eat nougat pie. Nougat is that pie? just a, what you call a Snickers? Three Musketeers. <laughs> Three Musketeers, nougat pie. He Chocolate-covered puts, nougat pie. Put Snickers in a pie plate. <laughs> that's, pie. The, that's the Family Fair brand name yeah. of our family. Nougat pie. This is the most directly raisiny yeah. thing yes. we've had today. It's and just it, like raisin prune juice. Yes. I yeah. get a lot of prune that juice. ethanol on the nose on this one, too, when I get my nose really into it. More than the other two wines before this, mm-hmm. which is weird because this is the lowest ABV. I don't get a lot I of... I kind of disagree with you there. Sorry. I don't. I think this one has more depth in the nose. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah the toffee oh, caramel like, thing, I really I really get on this one. I like that dark one on the nose. Juice. I don't get as much off the nose of anything. I would actually agree. I think this one has less aromatic intensity I feel like, for me. Yeah, it's, everything is more muted. Um, yep. But yeah, it's definitely that darker fruit, but it doesn't, it doesn't smell sugary. But to me, it smells like five things simultaneously. Even though it's less aromatic, it is more complex in the aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, I do get some of that kind of espresso uh, back flavor on the, on the end of it. Um, I get hit initially with that dates, raisins, and then it calms down to a nice toffee. And then it kind of turns into that where you start tasting the... Like if I was to drink this as a beer, it would be like the malt grain. Ooh. So how the grapes were are finished on this you know, tends towards that espresso, uh, finish, which I, re- I really kind of like. It, it's l- a lot of this stuff we're going on a journey from sweeter fruit to kind of drying out. And this one amps that sweetness up because you do right away. It's just like, Ooh boy, that's some fruit juice, like dried fruit juice. Yeah. That, sweet the, plum juice. The sweetness lingers a lot longer. It doesn't dry out as much. It doesn't drop off that cliff like that last one did. Mm-hmm. And you can say uh, prune juice. This is uh Yeah. It's prune juice is the kind of big, the big note. Yeah. I mean, this is like a, uh, um, you add some vodka to prune juice and this is what you get almost. I do get a little bit of that 19% there at the end. I a think little it, bit. It's it more does fresh. Have it, it doesn't slap me in the face. I will. That I usually have to pay extra for. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Licking dicks. Speaking of hitting things, you don't have to pay extra if you insult them first. So, uh, <laughs> no, I I get a lot of tips, uh, brown sugar molasses mid palate. After that yeah. fruit fades, it's it's got this really intense sugary, but almost that funky. You know how molasses is like it's sugary, but it's funky. Yeah, that hits me mid palate really strong. I feel like that prune stays through the whole time. On my palate, but it does go sweet, a little bit dry, and then you get some of the molasses, but that prune stays the whole time. It's just like me when people go out day drinking. Some people leave early and go to bed, and then some people join. I'm there the whole fucking time. (laughs) Cycling through friend shifts. Not, not friendships, friendships. Yep. Just the perfect friendships. Yep. I've I've got eight friends I drink with, and like I'll start with two of them. They'll leave two more show up. They'll leave two more show up. I'm there the whole time. I'm a prune. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, one thing bef- uh, I want to mention here before we uh, get on the numbers, these are made with Tinta Negra grapes. So that would that would be in the rainwater as well. They'd actually be mm-hmm. the same grape. Tinta Negra, anything that's not labeled as a grape, you're going to guess is probably all or majority Tinta Negra because that's the cheap one. Excellent. So Evan, why don't you start us off on this one? 
Yeah, you know, I, there's things I like about this. I think it has some fun darkness That's funny. That's intensity. exactly the score I was going to give it. Oh, good. Oh, oh shit, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the narrative Just so you explanation know. first. No. Um, <laughs> no, but I, to me, there it, it's a bit simpler. It's... Uh, the sweetness isn't tempered as much. Uh, I would. I think this is actually a great. Again, like the rainwater, it's a different kind of cocktail ingredient. I love playing with this as a sweet vermouth, uh, but it's ah. a little bit less interesting to me as a wine. So I'm going to rate this at a straight three. So use this in a Manhattan. Yeah, I, you'd need to do extra bitters to account for the fact it's not as bitter as a sweet vermouth. But like, take a rye whiskey, this two to one, and then like four Sm- dashes of bitters, smoked bitters. And you know yeah. what? This will stay uh, fresh better than a, than a vermouth, sweet vermouth, yeah, because yeah, that spoils in like three months. Whereas yeah, this, you could keep open for a good year and a I half. I need to find a good vermouth to make cocktails with because that Rossi Martini Rossi stuff is garbage. Garbage. I'll upgrade you, man. Yeah. Now we're talking. All right, um, you know, I still kind of like this style. I like the complexity, complexity of this, um, but I am going to go down to a 4.0, uh, and this is supposed to be the sweetest wine that we have. Yes, this should be the sweetest one we try. So we're going to do the, the moderate sweet after this. But go ahead there, big guy. What do you got? I'm giving it a 4.25, but I typically like the sweeter things. Jesus, but this is the third wine, and I got a buzz already. Oof. I don't think I could have... Too many glasses of this, um, but they could be full glasses. <laughs> you don't think you could have too many? Too many. I bet we could get like, you to have too many. <laughs> You're not challenge accepted. You're Make not Ernie shit. late for his trip. <laughs> right. Anne's going with or without me. Sweet. So right. four point two five. Christoph. Yeah, I think this is uh, my least favorite of the day so far. Uh, Three point five. All right, Sean. What do you got, buddy? I actually think this is my most favorite of the day. I'm going to give it a 4.25. I think that if someone, were, I love port. So if someone would have told me this was a port, I would have believed him. Mm-hmm. It really has a port-like characteristic, which I love. Um, it would, I wouldn't, like you said earlier, I wouldn't drink that much of it. I would probably have maybe Diabetes. Six, ounce, six ounces yeah. at most. Yeah, It's a dessert wine. It's an excellent dessert wine. It's uh, good with the cheese. <laughs> Diabetes. Diabetes. All right. So the average for uh, broadbent, fine, rich, sweet is 4.38. Excellent. So, so we're uh, steadily declining, much like my speech. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This last one of the day is also from the historic series, Madeira's, is the Boston Wall. Bull, bowl, a spectacular aroma of dark sugar and orange. So sweeter than either the Charleston Circeal or Savannah Verdalejo, Boston Bois sits, still boasts incredible balance and refreshing acidity. The hallmark of this wine is its otherworldly complexity, featuring cinnamon clove spiciness with overtones of citrus peel and wood smoke. There is just enough sweetness to excel as an after-dinner wine, but its long, dry finish also makes it work beautifully with food. Yeah, the first I, thing I get I, maybe some of that smoky... Yeah, woody mm-hmm. aroma. Once you said it, well, I yeah, I immediately thought smoke. There's a smokiness to this that I enjoy it, on the nose. Right to away. me, it's like smoked cinnamon. It's a, it's spicy and smoke. So it's like if you light a cinnamon stick on fire. Oh yeah, which I recommend. Uh, it's definitely that aroma. Got cinnamon sticks right behind Sean there in the counter. Yeah, we should set everything on fire. <laughs> well, first of all, Bask this in is the aroma. 
This is almost as dark <laughs> as the last one. So this is the second darkest of the day, I think. Uh, but it's got a more caramely color as, as it gets lighter. Yeah, it's top. got more highlights of that brown rather than just the red. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got that cinnamon and clove type things going on. I might be mistaken, but aren't uh, Madeiras made from white grapes? Uh, yes, all these are white grapes. So where does that color come from? Uh, the it, wood, aging. Huh? The aging. It's aging the wood and the aging. It's the oxidation. That's oxidation color. Yeah, 100%. Good question and good call on that. That is a great question. Thank you. I thought it was more red uh, grapes, but. No, these are all, they are all white grapes. Yeah. Same thing as sherry. Sherries are mostly white grapes too, aren't they? Yeah, all, all oh. sherry. PX is a white grape. I've had a, a dry oh, Pedro Jimenez before, so you can make try white wines out all That's those. a white band. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Come back. Oh. I could fall into this aroma. The nose on this is absolutely shocking. It's just, it's there's so much going on. The I, intensity is beautiful. A lot of allspice. Citrus peel, lots of like almost flamed orange peel. Um which I also like flaming. Yeah. The orange peel for a revolver cocktail. Mm. Hey, yes. <laughs> you know, you could leave uh, space and just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Leather and mm. coffee also pop out to me on the nose. This, yeah. So this to me um, gives uh, reminiscent uh, of different whiskeys. You know, there's a little more dark fruit to this than there are some whiskeys, but you do have some of those, like you said, leather, um, almost smoked tobacco, cinnamon, those things that come through in bourbons. I, I'm picking up in this. So this would be like uh, the perfect kind of barrel to age a whiskey in or a bourbon in. Uh, well. So far, out of the four we had, what do you think? Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, so far. Yeah. We'll see what it tastes like. Huh. I get wow. Hit, I hit, get hit with raisin bran right away. Like the cereal. Like, and then it calms down into a nice raisin. Like oats or some sort of grain in there too. Mm -hmm. This also so, has- Something with body. Mm -hmm. This also has some of that, um, like that sweeter, tangier, brighter red fruit that it, comes out right away. Craisin. Yeah. It's it's dried cranberry. That's what's, I think that's brightening up. It's that makes, raisin and craisin kind of mixing together. Well, well, way to take my words and make them smart. <laughs> <laughs> Way to find the words I was looking for. All right. Has that semi-dry finish, but not as uh, dry as the um, cereal. I think the sugar is better integrated into the wine than the last one that we tried. Yeah, I this is. It's. Yeah. This, this is nice. Is, and this might be my favorite of the day, actually. Me too. I really like oh, the, all, no the, all the complexity off of this. This is really intense. And this is one of the $55 ones, so obviously this is a lot more this, paid this attention to as far as making keeping. As, as much as I tend to go for drier style things, um, I love the tension in the Bual between the sweet fruits and the acid and the sugar. Everything just feels like it's working together to create one thing. Totally. Yeah, this is, yeah. It's a hell of a wine. Yeah, uh, I dig it, man. Hey, Ernie, why don't you start this one out? Ah, uh, 4.5. Chris. My favorite. God dang. Yeah. You can get that 19.5% there at the end, though. But it doesn't, again, uh, slap you in the face like Chris. I'll do four and a half on this as well. Uh, this is excellent. Also contains sulfates. 
<laughs> I think we discussed All wines it. are going to say, that, say that. Yeah. Oh, the wine does too. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. I contain sulfites. <laughs> I'm like a match. Sean, Sean, what do you got, buddy? So you're either going to do four or five or four seven five. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, what, what were you thinking? I was thinking like two. four six five. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I no. will do four point five. Nailed it. I'm gonna uh, break the curve, and I am gonna say four seven five. I think this is masterfully put together. I'm gonna keep with the uh, everybody else. Go four point five. Thanks, Evan. Enjoy your math. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's so tough. So the average for the uh, rare wine rare rare wine companies, uh, Boston Bois. Yeah. Uh, Okay. (laughs) You got that completely right. Is four point five five, which is good enough for winner of the day. So is this one, and then our first one. Uh, were the two highest. Which are, you'll notice, the more expensive. The historic <laughs> yeah. series, yeah. The wine oh, company. yeah, it's by the same company. Yeah. It's, it's annoying how that happens. I would guess also, when we talked about process, uh, the Brodament both pretty much confirmed they were estufagem for the heating, okay, which is that so simpler. Up in an attic? Yep. The, no, the, the simpler no. one is the heat pipes. Oh, that's the estufagem? Yep. So these, I would bet you, are cantiero, which is in an attic. Which is okay. the slower, more natural okay. way of yeah, doing it. That's what makes it more complex. And that's that where it. you get that integration. Totally intrigues me. I think mm-hmm. that you can't rush anything with winemaking. And if you were to just let them sit there and have it happen over a kind of a gradual process, you get more layers to the wine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Time. Timing. Everything. That's where, that's where the magic happens. The aging process. So is this. All right. <laughs> nice magic trick. Thanks. Any other final notes on Madeira wines today, guys? I uh, was surprised uh, by them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think there was a, a bad one, you know. No. Um, but boy, there are there's some there's some big differences in, in Between quality. an $18 one and a $56 even the, one? Even the bad ones today <laughs> were, were really good. Mm-hmm. I think for the price... Uh, Personally, I like that rainwater one by the Broadbent. Mm-hmm. That was a twenty. This last one. one was really good, and it was worth every penny that Evan paid for it. Well, but well, I know we paid for it. Yeah. Well, no, actually, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, really, really good. I had no idea that this uh, even existed. So out of the three uh, fortified wines that we've had, the Sherry's, the Ports, and now the Madeiras, which do you think you guys prefer, the three of you guys? Well, I was gone for the Ports. That's hard to say, too, because oh, uh, okay. it's still the only time I've had Sherry's and Ports. I mean, okay. I did I did actually um, go back and have that 10-year Port again. That uh, Tawny? Which, which I enjoyed. Uh, Keely did not. She thought it was too medicinal. Um more cough syrupy for her. Um, Do they use cheesecloth in it though? I, not on that one either. So I don't know where she's getting any of her information from. Okay. It's definitely not listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's hard to say. I, I I tend to. So when I drink whiskey and I have different finished stuff, um, sherry cask stuff, I I tend to drift. I tend to lean towards when it comes to whiskey. And that's because you're um, drunk? No, that's because I tip over. Yeah. Le- lean towards is pre-drunk. So on the <laughs> ports, it was the 10-year uh, 
Yeah, the, the, the ten-year Tawny well, from Seattle to Orton. You guys like yeah. Tawny more than Ruby? I think Seattle yes. Orton's ten-year old. I think yet. I like the Tawny the best, but maybe it was because it was a ten-year. Um, but yeah, so I mean, when it comes to and so that's where most of my knowledge comes from. Uh, on these things mm-hmm. is drinking cask finished whiskeys and like Oloroso sherry, anything with sherry cask finish is usually really fucking delicious to me. And complex. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would say so far sherry's would be my favorite out of the three fortified wines that we've had, but this is a very, very, very fucking close second. Um, pours were a little bit sweet for me. How about you, Bigger? Again, I was not here for the port but episode. From and Sherry's to this one. I was drunk. I don't remember. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> All right, Sean. What do but you I think really about, like these. What do you think about today's, today's episode and really Madeira's good. in general? So the last one that we tried is, uh, I'm going to make Madeira now. Well, I can't call it Madeira, <laughs> but um, uh, that last Shanira. one. That last, yeah. <laughs> that last one that we tasted is everything I'm going to strive to create. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yep. I am going to probably make it in a sweeter style, but I'm going to try to integrate it in the same way that they did this. So uh, look forward to that coming up from Bear Creek Wine. Yeah, you bet. How about you, Evan? I, but that's not like coming up soon because I think, what, this age four yeah, years? This takes a while. So, come, I'll see you in, yeah. <laughs> when we're all older and I'll grayer. make it next fall and it'll see you in like four years. Gotcha. Yeah. I like all the fortified wine styles. I think it's great you guys are doing them because people... Uh, they tend not to explore them. They're unfamiliar. You know, they're 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 weird names. They're different stuff. And I love that you'd have. I, I have a soft spot for all of them. I think sherry is my favorite because I love those dry styles of sherry. Uh, I I love acid in wine, and I think Sean was talking about he prefers acid to be more moderated. I love acid that's unrestrained and, and kicks me in the face with that refreshing bite. <laughs> you know, so, like how Chris likes barrel proof bourbons. Where, where yeah, no, I don't exactly. Necessarily like them. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so dry sherries that have that really crisp sense are my jam um but madeira holds a special place in my heart for its unique flavors and all the fortified wines really i love that you're using these unique old processes these old ways of making wine that have survived and you produce flavors you can't find anywhere else i I think that's what's super fun about this and i hope because you guys were kind of looking into this for that whiskey cask it's kind of illuminated oh that's where those flavors come from Mm -hmm. You know. This is going to make us better able to detect those notes in these upcoming. Well, and I think we cast... don't need to really look at it that way either, right? That's well, what why, I'm looking, do, why don't you just for. look at it as they're also just good to drink, not just for aging yeah. whiskey? Yes. Yeah, they are. They're they're brilliant wines by themselves. But it's it's one of the things that you know. It's kind of a newer thing. Um, these aging in different barrels, especially with beer, but like it used to just be kind of taken for granted. You aged scotch in like ex sherry casks because that was what was available. Right. There were tons of old sherry casks, and so that's what they that's what they had. The cask aging thing is a really new part of the industry, and I but I love that companies collaborate and work in this way and see like. Well, it happens if I stick this whiskey in here and you get that. And it's a wonderful marriage of these different flavors and traditions. I think the most available whiskey out there that is aged in casks like Sherry and Madeira is uh, Angel's Envy. They do a really good job at doing that. So if you guys really want an inexpensive way to check out or a widely available way to check out bourbon aged in these casks, check out Angel's Envy. Or as Evan alluded to, scotches. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Go explore yeah. scotch. Uh, I know a lot of people that are like, scotch is shit. Scotch is shit. There's so many, there's such a range of flavors and varieties of scotch out there that, it, you know, you can find something that'll work for you. And that's the fun of exploring. For sure. So stay tuned. Maybe we'll finish out the Fortified Wine series with Marsala. Maybe we won't. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, we have one more barrel aging process that bourbon does to finish out our series. We'll keep you up to date on that as it comes. Yeah, but, I'm looking uh, forward to knowing what that is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Sean, ending the episode, do you have anything to promote? Oh, yeah. Um, I am booking private tastings right now. If you want to book private tastings with me to explore seven different wines, a barrel sample, and a kind of a tour of the vineyards and the production site. And uh, we do that. Um, and we're next summer, we're going to be doing featuring more concerts. So we're going to do two concerts a month. Oh, right on. Yeah. at the We have a little stage right on our beach at the winery. Do you have a beach at the winery? We do. In North Dakota. Yeah. We this built it. fucking yeah. wine. <laughs> <laughs> what, how do people get a hold of Bear Creek Winery? Where do they go? What's the address? So, What's the phone number? Yeah. We're located just south of um, uh, Davies High School or on uh, just south of Fargo, but on 88th like, Avenue and 25th Street. Okay. And uh, you can inf- uh, email us at info at bearcreek.com. Um, or you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that, and we'll on Twitter too. We are on Twitter. Uh, yeah. How big of a how big of a group can you accommodate? I can accommodate up to 125 people. Holy fuck! Yeah. But uh, private tastings, um, I can accommodate it up to about 40. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Right 40, minimum That's eight. Good to know too. Minimum eight. Excellent. Evan, what classes you got coming up for in Bridgeview Liquors? Hey, if you're listening right away this week when this episode comes out, I've still got some spaces left in our beer class. We haven't done a beer class for a while, uh, but we're going to have a beer class on sour, tart, and funky beers with Logan McLean, who works at Drecker, and he is an absolute expert in this area. So that's going to be super fun. We just picked out a lineup of really cool beers. Uh, So yeah, there's plenty of seats left in that one. Please check it out. We've got more classes later this month. I know we've got seats left in our Australian wine class, uh, which is going to be super cool. And we'll have stuff coming up uh, in March as well. I haven't got those posted yet, but look for a wine class, a St. Patrick's Day cocktail class, uh, probably another spirits class for me as well. Should be a lot of fun stuff coming up. Keep up with our classes. Follow us on Facebook. Check out the events tab. Follow us on Eventbrite, the ticketing app. If you follow Bridgeview Liquor, you will get notifications every time we post a new class so you can get your tickets right away. And stop by the store, say hi to me and anyone else who works there, and uh, pepper us with questions about whiskey, wine, and beer. Don't forget to mention that you listen to this podcast. And then you save 10%. 10%. Chris, how about you? You got anything to promote? Uh, no, I'm done. Cape, bigger in. <laughs> Where can they find you at, buddy? I will be on a fucking cruise ship next week. The day that'll after be, you listen to this. That'll episode. be hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> I won't even know where I'm at. Bobby listened to like Alice Cooper and Great White and Faster Pussycat and Dangerous Toys and Bisto Blanco and some uh, pretty cool bands that uh, 99% of the listeners don't know who they are, but they're from Actually, my, our demographics is- They're like from my generation. In the 45 to 65 age group. So they probably know. Yeah. Might uh, try to post some stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Bruise Booze and Reviews International. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, but the uh, Wi-Fi is kind of uh, iffy out in the middle of the ocean. Yes. You got to bring your own router. 
<laughs> I just got a really long antenna. Yeah, it's just uh, and likes it. I've but, only got uh, seventeen. <laughs> Jesus but I also have. He gets the latest thing of the day. Nice, because it's long and thin. Um, but I have a tinfoil too that I can hold up above my head. I was gonna say how long uh, rabbit is it? ears? I got just a really long cable connection. Right, <laughs> spool it out. <laughs> nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to get a hold of us. Uh, anything, uh, brews, booze, and reviews. Also, at- make sure you guys rate and review us wherever you listen. Um, it's very important to move us up the, those lists so people can find us easier, too. Um, I just noticed that Spotify now has uh, actual, you can label us from zero to five stars. So uh, the analytics. click five. Do they do in quarter increments? Click, no, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not as <laughs> adept at it yet as us. I mean, right. they just started. So I mean, maybe at some point. Amateurs. Um, but yeah, so go out. That really helps uh, uh, us become more discoverable to other people uh, that are looking for this type of content. So rate, review, and send us messages. What else do you want us to drink? That'd be great. And sometimes on episodes, I also put out a questionnaire uh, on, especially on like Spotify that shows up when you listen to us on Spotify. Uh, so answer those questions when I post them up and you or, can find or us. Or else. <laughs> if you want to. But you can find us anywhere on uh, Facebook or Instagram at Bruise, Booze, and Reviews. Our website is bruiseboozeandreviews.com. And you can email us again at info at bruiseboozeandreviews.com. We want to thank our sponsors for supporting our show. We want to thank you listeners without whom this podcast couldn't happen. And to you, we say, may May your glasses be full and your spirits high. Cheers. Ooh, I like the wine glass ring. Yeah, that's good. Real crystal. Can you do it? Can you do better? Wow. I feel like we could put liquid in here and do the whole. uh, We could put liquid in here and do the whole. Yeah. <laughs> How about the we do- unknown hole. <laughs> <laughs> How about we do a last call for our Patreon members? Let's fucking get her. For All three right. bucks? Uh, what three the bucks fuck? a month. We'll be on last call February 6th, 2022. We'll see you in a little bit. This has been a Predica Productions episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Follow us on all social medias at Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Special thanks to our sponsors for supporting our podcast. You, too, can support our show by supporting them. We have merch for sale and additional content available on Patreon. New content coming always because it's fun to come always.